This is For The Win, a podcast on sports and sports culture. I'm Eddie Sun, the multimedia editor for Annenberg Media Sports, as well as the producer of this podcast. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the second episode of the For The Win podcast. I'm your host, Carlo Jimenez, joined by Christian Colin Linares, Sydney Rocket, and Jordan McGee. Thanks for tuning in for our second episode of the semester. Let's jump right into it, guys. A lot happening in sports culture this week. First and foremost, let's start with the team in our own backyard. The Dodgers held their press conference for signing Trevor Bauer two weeks ago, and Bauer has already found his way into a little Twitter war and and been jabbing at people at social media. Is Bauer's past and and present record on social media bad for an organization that's so blue-collar like the Dodgers? Absolutely not. Does not have an effect. This man just is coming off a Cy Young winning season. He can troll anyone he wants on Twitter as long as it's not problematic. If he's just having fun, he's having fun. And I'm sure the Dodgers would be happy to pay him that $102 million contract, even if he's provoking some Mets fans on social media. You know, I mean, I completely 100% agree with Christian. You know, as a player, this is a no-brainer signing. Um, And he adds tremendous depth to an already deep bullpen. Um, And yes, he has his off-the-field antics, but this guy is a fiery competitor. Um, this was ve- uh, especially visible when he was on the Indians and Terry Francona tried to pull him from the game and he just launched the ball from the mound all the way um, past the center field fence. Um, so I don't necessarily agree with all of his actions, but I do got to commend him in saying he's true to himself both on and off the field. Um, and if you, and if that means he's got to troll some people to fire himself up, um, it's shown that uh, that helps his game. So for the Dodgers, I think um, the rewards outweigh the risks in bringing him on board. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you right there, Jordan. But he does have a little growing up to do because if he throws a ball out in center field and the Dodgers, I feel like they're not going to let that slide. And I don't know if they're going to let all the social media antics that he does slide on the Dodgers either because, you know, the Dodgers are such a blue-collar organization so, yeah, he has a little bit of growing up to do, but at the end of the day, the Dodgers are a business and they want to win. So, yes, obviously, this is a good signing for them. But we're going to see how the season goes on, if he can stay quiet a little bit on social media. But you kind of don't want him to just, like, not – because that's his personality. That's what he does. So it's like you don't want to tell him no, but, like, you know, you got to represent the Dodgers too. Yeah. Don't you think that – um Walker Bueller, he's also a hothead on the team, maybe not as big of social media presence, but we've seen him act out, talk smack to other players. I've seen him say some foul things on the field, and I I think Bauer's a lot like him, and I think the Dodgers are excited. I mean, what do you guys think? I I agree with that, but it's just like, like you said, he doesn't have a big social media presence. So it's not both on social media and on the field. It's like, oh, he's just on the field, and that's more accepted in the sports world because it's like, I get oh, he's just an athlete. Oh, he's just smack-talking. But on the other hand, this guy is like on the internet trolling a female when you're a grown man. So that just made him, you know, look a little worse. But business-wise, good move. But we'll see. Yeah, I agree with Sydney. Like in a season where you might not have full capacity at Dodger Stadium and you got a player vlogging your season, like marketing for even though the Dodgers probably don't need it, like that's a huge boost and people are going to pay a lot more attention. 
the the thing that that kind of puzzles me is do the Dodgers need more talent like if you're coming off a season where you win a championship your chemistry is good things are going well like you've won a championship are you going to add a guy who, who you know played with a drone during the World Series cut his finger and couldn't make an appearance like is does that is that necessary is that risk for another gem of a starter yes I know pitching you can't get enough of it but you ha- it seems like they have enough talent. It, it, I just I'm not sure if if this if Trevor Bauer is going to add that much to a roster that's already so stacked and bring, ne- and without bringing negative things to a clubhouse that's been pretty clean. What do you guys think about that? I mean, look if if he did the Warriors need KD? Maybe yes. not. <laughs> they they won it without him already. They did but, lose the year before. I understand, but. Um, on the contrary, look, did you see Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin's World Series? I, I could argue the same thing. Like, yeah, the Dodgers need another starting pitcher. Um, and does it make them by far the best team in baseball? Probably. Uh, does that piss off all the other fans? Probably. But does that make me happy? Yes. No, I mean, I feel like Trevor Bauer can also light a fire under this team, you know. Anyone coming off of a World Series or a championship in that matter. Um, I mean, they just won, but I feel like um, he can light a fire under the team somewhat similarly to what Joe Kelly did last season when he um, pretty much did what every other fan base wanted to do and uh, taking their anger out on the Astros. So um, maybe Bauer can be that that fire um, that helps the Dodgers uh, continue to win. And I'm thinking how, like, last year, well, this past NFL season, like, Juju had a big presence on TikTok and how he was dancing on top of all the logos. And then he, when they started losing, like, everybody was coming after him. I'm like, what if he brings, like, a different social media presence to the Dodgers with his own thing, something sort of like how Juju did? So, I mean, like, yeah, he's controversial, but he can use this whole social media thing to his advantage at the, at the end of the day. It's definitely true. I I will admit I was an avid watcher of the vlogs. And guys at the end of the year, when they would hit home runs, they'd yell to Trevor, hey, vlog that. Hey, vlog. And like that's that's going to be coming at him this year. We saw how quickly how quickly did Juju Smith-Schuster go from a hero to a villain. I mean, it was three weeks. Everyone loves Juju, and now everyone hates Juju. Um, it's, it's interesting. I think coming off of a championship, something you haven't had in, since 88, to sign a guy with a little bit of controversy when you just got David Price, I don't know. I, I think it adds a, it's good for marketing, but definitely could backfire. Well, let's let's move away from Trevor off off the diamond. Let's talk about a sport that's actually going on right now: basketball. Uh, Draymond Green uh, had a, had a rant about a week ago about the treatment of Andre Drummond. Um, when the Pistons said, "Hey, were we looking to trade Drummond?" and he couldn't warm up and had to sit on the bench. In street clothes, guys, do we agree with Draymond and what he had to say to the media, or do we disagree? I 100% agree because there's a whole bunch of double standards here. Like he said in the video, like you're gonna make this guy sit the bench, but then um, wow, the guy with the beard. Why am I forgetting his name? <laughs> like he was Harden. Harden. I don't know why. Harden. Anyways, Harden. he was ostracized for wanting to be traded, and it's just like the double standard, and it's. I agree with him 100%. The NBA treats these players like they're literally just 
slaves rather than actual human beings like you're gonna play basketball go shoot the ball da, 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 da. and it's just i agree with him there needs to be a change all these double standards are just too much at this point and yeah that's just how i feel about the situation right now completely agree like insane double standard uh i feel really bad for andre drummond i mean he's not he's as of a week ago he's getting like no playing time and he's a solid center like that is no secret um and unfortunately he's on the cleveland Cavs as well so i can only imagine what he's going through as a basketball player uh but yeah it's it's bottom line it's a business i can't really say that you know what's happened in the past would lead me to expect a different outcome it's unfortunately exactly how this league works uh and and it's not specific to the nba i'd say it's it's this is how sports work it's it's a business no i mean i couldn't agree more I, it is a business but aren't businesses supposed to treat their their workers with class and act with class in general and a lot of these organizations have failed to do that i mean we've seen that time and time again whether it was boogie cousins being traded and finding out like mid-interview or harrison barnes being on the bench and getting traded in the middle of the game so i think gone are the days of the Gone are the days where players are just going to tuck their tail in between their legs and not stand up for um, their rights as players. Um, we've seen that with people forcing trades, whether it be in the NBA or in the NFL or other major sports leagues. So um, teams need to start realizing that the players are what make their business um, may, are what make their business and start treating them um, like they should be. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree 100%. I think the interesting part of Draymond Green's um, rant is when he talks about how Harden was ostracized and, and everyone was like, what is this guy doing? He's just giving up on his city. Like, he's leaving out of nowhere. And, you know, he kind of didn't give his full effort in the in the last couple of games in Houston. Although reports came out yesterday, he's supporting people who've been affected by uh, the, yeah, the storms there. So that's good, good to see. Good to see. Um, but I just think like Draymond points out that look at while Harden done might what Harden might done might not have been right like to just kind of you know go through the motions um, and not give it a hundred percent yeah and what the Pistons did it wasn't right either yet they nobody nobody blinks an eye right that's just mm-hmm. how the business works and I think like you said Jordan there needs to be a lot more accountability into can teams just sit guys when they want and use them like pawns rather than people. To clarify, to to clarify, it was the Cavs, not the Pistons. Yeah, oh, it's interesting you. that you say like they sat, um, they sat him right, and then what if Harden would have just been like, "Oh, I'm not playing anymore." Like, what would have, what would, what would they have done then? You know, and it's just like it just would have been even more outrage than there already is. But then you're over here sitting a fully healthy player who was a two time All Star, and it's good. Just because you want to like trade him or just got to trade. Yeah, what what NBA players always say when they come to the league, right? They learn it's it's a business, and this is uh, definitely an unfortunate side of the NBA business. Um, let's uh, switch over to another story in the NBA, a little bit of an unfortunate story, but uh, so Meek Mill came out with a song, um, and in the song he referenced Kobe. Uh, I can't. Read the lyric word for word here, but if if you look it up, you'll find it really quick. Um, And Vanessa Bryant uh, responded on an Instagram story saying, Dear Meek Mill, I I find this extremely disrespectful. 
and uh, didn't agree with the lyric. Uh, what did What did you guys think? I know when I first heard Oh Meek's gonna come out with a lyric with Kobe, and I was like, Oh, that's kind of a cool tribute. But uh, I think uh, it was a lot different than a lot of us thought. <laughs> yeah, a lot different. I mean, who expects a man to rap about? like a an icon of our generation's death like that so insensitively i think it 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 was i'm glad vanessa like called him out like straight up tagged his instagram handle i thought that was awesome um because yeah i wanted a response from him no one really understood like what was that about like it was just ridiculous uh it's stupid that Many people have had to hear it and okayed it, and yet it's still out there. It's like you could still go on Genius and read the lyrics, and it's. I just find it honestly, I'll channel my inner Stephen A. Blasphemous. Yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. Cause it's just like, what? What was the reason? What? Why did that lyric need to be put in there? Like talking about anybody's death is already terrible and especially kobe like you know like everybody knows that situation is really sad like he has still has a family little kids that um vanessa has to raise and things like that and it's just it was honestly like i'm glad vanessa came for him though like she came at him with that i don't even know your music like who are you type so i heard he apologized in private private but that should be his lesson for the rest of his life. Like, don't do that. The thing that was shocking to me, too, is a lot of people know this, but um, Meek Mill's from Philadelphia, and, you know, he kind of reps Philly with everything he does. But Kobe's from Philadelphia, too. So you would think that Meek would be a little bit more sensitive. Um, I saw in Genius that, to Carlos' point, uh, I saw in Genius that Kobe's the most referenced um, athlete in rap um, to this date. So when I saw that he was going to be mentioned, I just thought like it was going to be uh, like any other song where Kobe's um, shouted out. Um, I don't know how to defend Meek Mill here. I guess the only way you could pot- potentially look at this is if he's referring to a chopper as an uh, automatic rifle of some sort. But even then, that wouldn't make the, the bar any much better. So um, it was just a bonehead decision to, to put this in a song. And um, I think the blame shouldn't only be put on Meek, but also... Um, the rest of his team that thought that this was passable. They're just all ignorant. Just ignorance. That's them in one word. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. And then you know there was a, after this controversy came out, Meek tweeted, you know, screw your feelings essentially, if I'm paraphrasing, and and uh, and said it wasn't directed at anybody. But like, who was around Meek Mill? Like, who goes, yeah, bro, tweet that. That's that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Like, what it just <laughs> all right and then uh, we'll we'll hit one more before we uh, before we call it an episode but um some happened cross town in westwood over at the other los angeles school uh, ucla uh dismissed one of its track stars for uh racial slurs that they, they found in text messages and in phone calls if you do a lot of digging on twitter um however reports came out uh after the school uh, went ahead and suspended the student that the UCLA knew about this months before and in fact had suspended the student before and reinstated him in January. Guys, well, how do we feel about UCLA's decision to give this student a second chance um, even though what he did was pretty atrocious? 
I'm going to quote the head coach, Avery Anderson, here. His reinstatement was not the right decision. Simple as that. I mean, when you have your own coach saying that about you playing for him, I can only imagine what, how horrible the chemistry is. Whatever. That's just, that's a boneheaded move by UCLA. I just, I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah, um, that's just a great example of white privilege right there. Yeah, that reinstatement um, should never have happened. He should have been suspended automatically and yesterday when I was like reading up on this like some of the black athletes that were recently graduates or in the program at UCLA were like pissed off because they're like okay like everybody is a representation of UCLA for you to reinstate him means that oh somebody can be racist towards your athletes or just the people that go to your school in general and it's okay and I think UCLA really went wrong because they suspended him and were like okay it died down like okay we'll bring you back no, let him suffer. Oh, well, bye. Your name is blacklisted. You deserved it because you wanted to be a racist bigot. So, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Like to especially to to reinstate. I just none like when you when you logically think about it, like you try to get into the head of the person who reinstated him and think, OK, like what were they thinking? Clearly not. That's that's the problem. They weren't thinking because it didn't make any sense. Um, and it's a, it's an unfortunate situation. And I'm glad you say finally did the right thing, but it shouldn't take this many times to do the right thing. Honestly, I, d- I don't know where to start with this because I feel like the, the administration must have pressured the coach to bring him back because Avery Anderson, the head coach of the track and field program at UCLA, is black. So... I, I don't really understand why he would necessarily be okay with this. So maybe he got pressured by the administration. You know, I'm all for giving people second chances, but in this instance with, you know, everything that's going on, this is just not the right move. Um, I also saw, aside from the video that's been um, put out there, there were text messages that um, featured some of the same uh, derogatory language, which is completely unacceptable. So, um, but I have questions for both sides. Um, especially why UCLA potentially could have put pressured Avery Anderson to bring him back in the first place. Yeah, I was researching the kid just to like see where he came from and stuff because like I get really invested invested into that type of stuff. And the one race he did run last year, he came in like seventeenth place. So I'm like, you're not even a top athlete exactly. for them to be wanting you to come back. So I'm like, y'all could have just cut him loose. There's so many other people that are better than him. <laughs> like. Yeah, and to but your, that would just piss me off even more. Like you came in seventeenth, and they reinstated you. Oh, okay. Yeah, to your point, Sydney. <laughs> I also did some research on the kid as well, and it turns out like he started off at JUCO, and then he went to Cal State San Marcos, and then eventually made it to UCLA. So it's not like he was a sought after like high profile recruit. So I, I, I'm at a loss for understanding as to why there was such a fight to keep this kid on the teams. I also want to point out UCLA's hypocrisy here because, um, so Chris Wieland, I believe that's how you pronounce his last name, is the student who got reinstated in January. But UCLA tweeted in December um, saying, UCLA's Dean of Students is aware of remarks in which a student uses hurtful language on social media. The words we use online can hurt or heal. While freedom of speech may protect the right to make offensive statements, we encourage our students to exercise their rights in a way that is principled, thoughtful, and respectful. Language that 
denigrates others, especially on the basis of disability, race, religion, gender, sexual orientation, and similar characteristics, violates UCLA's values of equity, empathy, inclusion, and dignity for all. So clearly, this tweet could apply to Chris. Uh, He made homophobic remarks, racist remarks, you name it. But this tweet was actually directed towards a mixed-race student, uh, Christian Walker, who gained a large following on TikTok as a a conservative black male, and that was directed towards him. He responded, but the contrast in treatment between Christian Walker and Chris Whelan, uh, no matter what angle you want to take, is just, uh, it's it's hypocritical, it's wrong, and uh, Coach Anderson, once again, was right in saying it was the wrong decision to reinstate him. Literally everything you just said is like I have I have a little smile on my face because right there you can see the two sides of America where people can do like the same, almost the same level of stuff and then one will obviously like get a harsher punishment than the other just based off of like your background and where you come from, your skin color. And um, yeah, I'm sure you could guess why the treatment is different. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we'll end it on, on that one. Thank, thanks, Christian. That was good stuff. Uh, Thanks for listening to episode two of For the Win. Hope you enjoyed. Um, And always remember to go for the win. Thanks for tuning in to For the Win. And remember to stay tuned for new episodes.